This is an ABC News special report. Election 2016. Now reporting, George Stephanopoulos. 42 past the hour. Hillary Clinton is set to cast her vote in her hometown of Chappaqua, New York today. It's been a long day of voting all across this country, and the vast majority of the polls are still open. At issue, whether Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump will become the 45th president of the United States. On November 8, 2016, America stood on the precipice of electing its first female president. The national poll from Monmouth University gives Clinton a six-point lead, 50% to 44%. Meanwhile, a Fox News poll gives Hillary Clinton a four-point lead in the four-way race. She leads. I think it would come as a real shock to this campaign if she ended up delivering that concession speech. That obviously didn't happen. It is remarkable what we're seeing here. Hillary Clinton with 81% of the vote in Philadelphia as of right now, that is not really all that good for Philadelphia. She should be doing much, much better. Dan, a lot of stunned Democrats out there right now. I have been looking around the room at people who are stone-faced. Some of them have been crying. Two years later, in 2018, the Democrats made a comeback. And ABC News can now project that Democrats will win enough seats to gain control of the House. Democrats. Now, the 2020 elections are around the corner, and Democrats are hoping they can keep that 2018 momentum strong enough to win back the White House. But while Democrats are in the midst of choosing their candidate, President Trump has been campaigning since the day after he was elected. And that is why tonight I stand before you to officially launch my campaign for a second term as President of the United States. So as the GOP continues to build Republican energy in Donald Trump's vision, the remaining Democratic candidates are fighting amongst themselves over how far left they want to take the party. I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for President of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. And since the Democratic National Committee can't take sides or predict the future, they have to deploy a strategy that works no matter the nominee. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national reporter for the Arizona Republic. And this is The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter. Today, we're talking ground game. Last week, we went deep into the GOP strategy for turning out the Republican vote in Arizona and winning 2020. Arizona, you've had the best year, the most successful year that you've ever had in the history of the country. It's the best year you've ever had. This week, we're doing it again, but we'll focus on the Democrats. What's their plan for winning? How do they stoke excitement without a nominee? And how do they deploy a strategy that works in Arizona specifically? Let's find out. Last week, we talked to Rick Gorka, the communications director for the Republican National Committee. Today, here's what the head of the Democratic National Committee, the DNC, had to say. My name's Tom Perez. I am the chair of the Democratic National Committee. Two days before Trump came to town for his rally, Perez held a press event at a union hall in West Phoenix. Right out of the gate, he tells us the Democrats missed a chance in Arizona in 2016 and said they're not going to do that again. I firmly believe that we can not only win the presidency here, and we only lost by three and a half points four years ago, and frankly, we underinvested. 
I mean, let's be frank about that. We underinvested in Arizona. We're never going to make that mistake again. That's why Arizona is part of our battleground buildup, where we're opening offices, hiring organizers. We had, we had 25 organizers on the ground last summer, the summer of uh, 2019. Uh, as part of our organizing core initiative. And these are homegrown organizers, not folks parachuted in. Like the Republicans, the Democrats are leveraging local organizers. They're also not waiting until the last minute. Well, our presence here didn't start in 2019 and 2020. It started in 2017 because uh, the mission of the Democratic National Committee is to elect Democrats up and down the ballot from the school board to the Oval Office. The biggest Democrat on the ballot this election in Arizona figures to be Mark Kelly. That is, after the presidency. I care about people. I care about the state of Arizona. I care about this nation. So because of that, I've decided that I'm launching a campaign for the United States Senate. He's expected to face Republican incumbent Senator Martha McSally. I went a couple of weekends ago to take a look at the Democrats' ground game because it's intended to help Democrats up and down the ballot. I ended up talking to the state's coordinated campaign director, Emma Brown. She's leading what Democrats here say will be an unprecedented effort by the party to reach voters. And she emphasized a lot of the same sentiments as Tom Perez. Arizona didn't lose by much in 2016, they said. And for that reason, they'll be taking 2020 more seriously. Here's Emma. And heads up, I met her at a loud event, so it's going to be a little tricky to hear her. I mean, I think like when you look at a race um, that'll be as close as this one and an election that is as competitive as this one, like we're looking at a field margin, right? It's like a couple of points in either direction. Um, And so having people engaged um, and having people active and knocking on doors and making phone calls like really actually will make all the difference we expect it to. And in any state where you've got like a race that's going to be within a couple of points, like the ground game is the margin. um, so it's so important for us to be doing this now, and it's really laying the groundwork for us to, to get really big in the fall. So the Democrats are going all in on their ground game here in Arizona because they want big wins in every single race. They think that strategy will win because in 2018, they won four statewide races, a U.S. Senate seat, the Secretary of State, the Superintendent of Public Instruction, and a seat on the Corporation Commission. Uh, we had historic victories in 2018. Uh, I mean, Senator Cinema, a huge victory. And, and you look at how well she did, not only in Maricopa County, which is roughly 60% of the vote, but elsewhere. And so we have not, we haven't stopped. This idea that things felt different after 2018, and even to a certain extent in 2016, because Trump won Arizona by such a small margin, doesn't come out of nowhere. We met a voter named Miranda Esparza, She's 25 and about to go to grad school and recently started volunteering with the Democratic Party. She's always been a Democrat, but she said she didn't feel like the party could do anything here in Arizona until she saw the wins in 2018. I want to say, like, Arizona before, it's like, before the election, before that, I felt like if you're a Democrat in the state, you couldn't really do a lot. Outcomes wouldn't be different, but this time it feels like you're actually making In case you didn't fully hear that, Miranda said before the election, it didn't feel like Democrats could make a difference. But now it does. But Democrats getting on the ground is one thing. What they do once they're there is completely another story. And like we said earlier, they don't know who their nominee is. 
they still can't garner support and excitement around one person, like the GOP can around Trump. So instead, they're hitting hard on a few key policy positions that they think can sway Arizona voters of all persuasions. I don't know who the nominee will be, but what I do know is that everybody running for president wants to make sure that if you have a pre-existing condition, you can keep your health care. And this president is doing the opposite. Every single person running for president believes that $15 an hour ought to be the minimum wage. Uh, every, every person running for president believes that we need to invest in quality public education. The challenges here in Arizona, uh, as a result of Republican underinvestment in public education, are having really dire consequences. And so what unites us as Democrats, I think, far exceeds what our differences are. By hammering those issues, like health care and education, Perez thinks the Democratic Party can boost turnout among Arizona Democrats, but also speak persuasively to Arizona independents and maybe even a few Arizona Republicans. It's both and then some. Uh, people often ask me, "Do you is your strategy to uh, mobilize and expand and make sure that uh, we turn out Latino voters and other communities of color, or do we make sure that we uh, regain the Obama-Obama-Trump uh, voter? And with all due respect, I think that's a false choice. Uh, we've demonstrated that we can do this because Republicans, Democrats, and independents have pre-existing conditions. Republicans, Democrats, and independents are struggling with uh, paying the rent versus uh, paying the medical bills. And that was a key to our success in 2018, was focusing on those issues. And I can give you chapter and verse. Emma Brown, who's running Arizona Democrats' ground game, reinforced that idea of casting a really wide net when I ran into her at a Mark Kelly campaign event. Um, we are really building something that is like big and inclusive um, and sort of expands the traditional sense of like working on the base and like working on turnout through the coordinated. So I think that we're like going to engage all kinds of voters. Um, I don't think we're just going to stop at Democrats. I think we're going to talk to independents and we're going to talk to Republicans. And we've got all those folks like in our coalition and in our organization as well, because that's like what it takes to win in Arizona. And when they reach out to these voters who maybe lean more conservative or independent, they're working to persuade them to vote Democrat by pointing out what they call Trump's broken promises. Uh, I, I mean, I look at 2017, 2018, and 2019. What do they all have in common? Democrats won at scale. Uh, Donald Trump wasn't on the ballot, but Trumpism was on the ballot. Donald Trump has broken his promises on health care. He's broken his promise not to cut uh, Social Security and, and Medicare and Medicaid. And people see that because it's affecting their lives here in Arizona and elsewhere. Now, as you can tell, the ground game is a huge part of the strategy for both Democrats and Republicans heading into 2020. Both parties are making unprecedented efforts to focus on homegrown organizing. And both parties are also making heavy use of analytics. That's the data mining that we talked about a couple of episodes ago that examines your consumer habits and helps both parties identify new possible voters. But Democrats are also gearing up for battle on another front here in Arizona. And they have turned to one of the party's newest stars to help them out. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is a Democrat who ran for governor in Georgia in 2018. And while she lost that race, she won more votes than any other Democrat had in that state's history. And in doing so, she made a name for herself in the Democratic Party nationally. Her name is among those being considered these days as a potential vice presidential nominee. 
But it's not so much about deploying Stacey Abrams as it is about spreading the word about what she does. In 2019, she launched a political action committee called Fair Fight 2020. According to its website, Fair Fight helps Democrats by combating voter suppression and encourages voter participation, especially among people of color and young voters. And she's taking Fair Fight to Arizona. Here's Stacey Abrams. What we do through Fair Fight 2020 is that in 18 states, including Arizona, we have invested in the Arizona State Democratic Party. We help, help to finance an executive director, a voter protection director, a deputy director, and over time there will be a field organizer and a hotline manager that we will help finance. And the intention is that there will be a full team in place before the presidential primary in Arizona and all the way through the general election. Stacy said fair fight isn't about controlling who wins the elections, but it's clear she thinks wider participation will help Democrats win. Unfortunately, in Arizona, with the changing demographics and with a much more engaged and younger population, Republican power is, is not as strong as it used to be. And in fact, four statewide electeds uh, were elected from the Democratic Party in 2018 and more can be elected in 2020. As far as how specifically Fair Fight will make its impact in Arizona, Stacy pointed to mostly minority voters. Arizona has a very specific set of challenges. It's largely rural. It has, as you pointed out, it has the, one of the largest populations of Native Americans. It has one of the largest populations of Latinos as a percentage of their overall population. It is a young population that's also in, in tension with, one of, with a retirement age population. And so the differences that exist in Arizona may not exist anywhere else in exactly that way. And so our mission is instead of trying to dictate to Arizona or any other state what they should do, we're here to be a support because we know the people of Arizona know what they need and we're there to make sure, particularly through the Democratic Party, that they get the resources necessary to achieve their ends. You'll remember from a recent Gaggle episode that Arizona has a history of voter suppression. That includes the current ban on ballot harvesting that's tied up in court. Even though there's no evidence of systemic voter fraud here, there is a law that disproportionately shuts out Hispanics, Native Americans, and the poor. Democrats say they want, well, a fair fight. And, and people here in Arizona are really fair-minded. Uh, they want leaders who unite and not divide. Uh, and that is why I come to Arizona and I come to you here with optimism, because I, I know the voters here. And I think the coalition that is going to carry Democrats to victory here in Arizona is a coalition of Democrats where we continue the turnout, uh, remarkable uh, the turnout increases that we've seen in 2018, and also a coalition of, of independents who understand that it's wrong to uh, do what this president did in Ukraine. It's wrong to put young people in cages and separate them from their uh, mothers and fathers. And it's wrong uh, to uh, give these reckless tax cuts uh, to wealthy people at the expense of everyone else. So I think there's a really uh, remarkable coalition of people in this state. Uh, the party of Lincoln is dead. And uh, there are a lot of folks here in Arizona who are uh, party of Lincoln Republicans, and uh, they're looking elsewhere, and we're offering them, I think, a really good alternative. But as we said last week, and we'll say it again, both parties are competing here to win. 
Arizona is a key battleground state, and escaping the political crosshairs will be nearly impossible for all the rest of us this year. If the Democrats' ground game organizing and fight against voter suppression is successful, if they win Arizona in 2020, it will create a new template for winning other swing states in future elections. And if they lose, you can expect a lot of hand-wringing over how much the presidential nominee mattered. We'll explore which Democratic candidate figures to compete best in Arizona, but that's for another episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Gaggle, a politics podcast from the Arizona Republic. We've loved bringing you inside the Democratic and Republican strategies to win Arizona in 2020 the past two weeks. And if you loved it too, rate and review us on your podcast app. Better yet, the best thing you can do is share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget, and he's at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. This episode was edited and produced by Taylor Seeley and Maritza Dominguez with oversight from Katie O'Connell. News clips from this episode were gathered from CNN, MSNBC, and ABC. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.